Welcome to Holy Cow, a Cubs podcast. I'm your host, John Holland. Our guest today is Will Chase, who we've had on before. He is from the Cutting to the Chase podcast. And he joined me to just talk about the Cubs and a little bit about his other area of expertise, the Columbus Blue Jackets. So I talked to a little Blackhawks and he talked to a little Blue Jackets. Um, pretty fun conversation. I just want to add a little bit now. Um, I usually put this at the end of the podcast, but I really would like some reviews and ratings. So if you go to the Apple uh, podcast app, you can give my uh, podcast a review and five-star rating maybe, but I'd love some reviews and stuff and just like to get feedback and yeah. It's on the Apple Podcast app. Just look up Holy Cow Cubs Podcast and uh, give me a rating and a review. So anyway, we're going to go to my interview with Will now. And this is a lot of fun. Here's Will. All right. Well, welcome to Holy Cow Cubs Podcast. This is the second time you've been on. So uh, welcome back. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah. thanks Thanks for having me back on. It's been a while. So I guess we'll just dive right into this. The Cubs are back finally. Spring training. There's some fans in the stands, which is, I guess we'll have to get back used to that because we went without the fans. But yeah, definitely. Yeah, you know, I uh, I'm excited that baseball's back. It's spring. It's starting to warm up out here. Maybe maybe it's warming up where you're at. You're out in Montana. Is it warming up out there yet? It is. It's actually 60 degrees today. Nice. So, yeah. 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 It's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's been, it's been nice. It's a sense of normalcy to have some baseball back on. Um, I've had a few innings on TV and it's just nice to have it back. So I'm excited. All right. Well, uh, we'll dive right into the big story so far for the Cubs has been this uh, young Nico Horner guy. Yeah. You've heard of him. Uh, having quite the start <laughs> to the spring. Yeah, you know, it's exciting because uh, it's it's nice to see him getting off to a good start. Obviously, last year, you know, everybody was kind of, understandably, everybody was kind of off their game. And, uh, you know, Nico might have been in the minor leagues if there was a minor league season. So it's awesome that he's got, getting off to a nice start. I know it's early. I know it's spring. But, you know, you want to see that. You'd rather get off to a good start and hope it, you know, continues and translates uh, into the regular season, but if he can, you know, grab the second base job, obviously that would be a, a nice boost for the Cubs going into the season. And, you know, maybe he's found his bat, mm-hmm. but will he be able to outdo Eric Sogard? <laughs> yeah, that, that's, uh, it's been interesting with the Cubs. Uh, I think we're all kind of perplexed at times, mm-hmm. if not intrigued. I mean, this team, we were so used to this team, not, making any kind of off-season acquisitions. And then ever since they traded Darvish, I feel like they've been picking up guys, whether it's, uh, like you mentioned, Sogard or Arietta or Jock Peterson. And so it's it's interesting. So, I mean, I guess at the very least will have some depth. But, yeah, it'd be, it could be a nice competition in uh, in spring training. And, you know, maybe, maybe uh, 
whether it's Sogard or maybe uh, for Nico, maybe, you know, he'll learn something from the other, you know, maybe added to his tools going into uh, the rest of March and into April. But yes, I, ideally I will. I don't want to rip on Eric Sogard, but you're hoping yeah. Nico Orner and like a Bodie or someone will mm-hmm. even Vargas who's um kind of interesting. They got them last year. I mean, get that home run off of Josh Hader, but other yeah. than that, he didn't do much. But yeah, you you're hoping that a guys like a Sogard will be like you don't ever have to use those guys, but right, good to have them. Yeah, I think you'd rather have a guy like Nico start if he can if he can bring the bat and he's a steady offensive. Well, not not just offensive, obviously defensive, mm-hmm. offensive player, but if he can give you the steady, you know, dose of hits and can do his thing in the field and then you just have a guy like Sogard for instance or a Bodie. I know Bodie will be on the team regardless, but mm-hmm. you know, you have that guy to come in off the bench you know, spell him at second base every now and then. I think you're right. I don't think you necessarily plan to have a guy like Sogard starting at second, mm-hmm. but, you know, at least at the very least might be a bench player or off the bench type player. So now, how do you feel about this? That they got rid of Schwarber and pretty much, I wouldn't yeah. say it was like a straight up trade, but basically it's like we brought Jock Peterson in to fill Kyle Schwarber's role. Do you think it's an upgrade? Do you like it? Or do you think Schwarber is a better option? Yeah. So I was, I'm not, I wasn't, I won't say that I was super shocked, but it was kind of an eyebrow raising thing for me when Schwarber was, you know, ultimately let go. And I know there were some people that thought, well, maybe they'll get him back cheaper. And that obviously didn't happen. So then they get Jock for a little bit less than what it would have been to keep Schwarber. But I'm intrigued by what Jock can bring because, you know, he can he can he can hit the ball out, especially in the summertime at Wrigley. I think he could definitely be the kind of an offensive force for the Cubs. Uh, I think, you know, I think defensively he could definitely hold his own out in the outfield. So, yeah, I mean, it is kind of like they traded one for the other, so to speak. So I'm I'm intrigued. It sounds like I, I remember a couple of weeks ago now, um, I don't remember who tweeted this out, but they were talking or showing the – they were kind of talking about how that whole situation played out with the Cubs and Jock. And, you know, he was looking at teams that he might be able to sign with. And then him and Ross were talking, and it just sounded like a great match. So I'm excited. I think it's a little bit of – I don't know if I'd say a redemption for Jock, but I think he's coming in with something to prove for himself. And, you know, he wants to up his stock even more so going forward. But specifically for 2021, it just sounds like a really cool opportunity for both sides. Hopefully it yeah, works out. Yeah, I think out. he wanted, like, he was trying to get more playing time. Yeah, he exactly. So somewhere he would be an everyday starter and, or almost an everyday starter. And the Cubs said they would do that, so... Exactly. And now I remember the Ross did tell him, he was like, if we're, if you're hitting, you know, under 200 or 200 around the all-star break, we'll have to reassess things. But mm-hmm. he said he likes him being real with him like that. So I think Jock is itching to, uh, you know, get off to a good start, show what he can do. And it could be a, a steal for the Cubs if it works out. Yeah, but th- nice. I caught that Jock is itching. Well played. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Yeah. That was definitely unplanned, but uh, I guess, I guess that worked out. All right, so um, obviously you mentioned it before. They got rid of you, Darvish, and right. I mean, 
the rotation is not it could be worse than it is like Mm -hmm. everyone's thinking it's gonna be doom but it might not be that bad i mean i'm trying to talk myself up here but you got zach davies who's pretty good Mm -hmm. i mean even like an alec mills is like he had mixed results last year but Mm-hmm. There are times you had flashes, you had away that you're mm-hmm. hoping maybe gets. But should I try to build up any optimism in this rotation, or should I? Just... It's it's yeah, it's it's interesting because you know right off the bat, I'm not looking at the Cubs and thinking World Series, but mm-hmm. I definitely think they can, of course, win the Central or at least be in that mix. And I'm intrigued. I think that's the word I go to every. When I think about this team this season, I'm intrigued. I'm interested because I've always been a huge Hendricks fan. So now, and I've always considered him an ace. And now he is the ace of the staff officially. But like you mentioned, Davies to me is interesting. Alec Mills had the no hitter last year. He had a nice string of starts here and there. So I'm curious to see how he can do in a full season. Um, you know, Alzali, another one. We, we know the potential with him. If he can really blossom, he could spring up the depth chart on the in the rotation. And then, of course, I don't think any of us are expecting 2015 or even 2016 and mm-hmm. 17 Jake Arietta. But I think you could do much worse than a guy like Arietta as far as what he brings. Um, he didn't have the greatest years in Philadelphia, but Jake is back in Chicago where it all came together. And again, I'm not saying he's going to be 2016 Jake even. But I think he could be a lot better than he was the last few years. So at the very least, this rotation could be boom or bust. But I'm intrigued. I think that they can hold their own, and we'll see if everything else. We'll see if the offense comes together to help them out, and we'll see if the bullpen can do its thing. And you know, the later innings. I am wondering this year about, you know, the way things are trending. You mean you know, knock on wood, you don't want to jinx anything, right? Yeah. There will probably be fans at Wrigley Field again. Mm-hmm. At some point in the se- season, yeah, and you got to think. I mean, especially for a guy like a hobby bias, but some of these other guys having that fan yeah. energy was a big part of their games. Mm-hmm. So, do you think that would be a big factor? Could that help the Cubs this season? It apps, yeah, it absolutely will help the, the Cubs because, like you said, Baez. He already is on the record as saying he, he, I don't know exactly what his quote was. So basically he said it, you know, it sucked. Uh, he he definitely needs that fan energy uh, that helps hype him up. So it's definitely going to help. Um, you know, I, I even, even taking it to other sports for a second, like hockey, uh, the Blue Jackets just had, you know, a couple, I want to say a couple hundred, you know, a couple thousand fans or whatever the other day, and they were coming in on a losing streak. I think that definitely got them kind of reinvigorated. So I think for sure after everybody in baseball played, except for, you know, a couple of the playoff teams and the, and the AL was the ALCS and the world series last Mm -hmm. year, a couple of, you know, sprinkle of fans. It's definitely going to help even in spring training. There's some fans. So um, I think these guys, I don't know if I would say on the one hand, they're all professionals. I get like, you know, they're, they're paid to go out and play regardless, but obviously having the fan interaction is going to help them. It feels normal. It's they play for the fans. So I do think that Wrigley, even if it's just a half stadium or a quarter stadium, fill, fill mm-hmm. it's definitely going to help guys, especially like Baez and, you know, get the excitement back. Yeah. So I guess I'll ask you now, what are some things about the Cubs you wanted to get off your chest lately that you thought it were interesting well, I've so 
as you know, I've, I have my own podcast. Whenever mm-hmm. I've, I've had people on, um, especially talking about the Cubs, I'm always we're always going over, you know, what's going to happen with Chris Bryant? What's going to happen with Baez? Do you mm-hmm. see them trading a guy like Contreras? We've heard all these rumors all this time. So here we are. April is fast approaching. I don't think Paez or Bryant, I don't think anybody's leaving the team, at least mm-hmm. not until the all-star break at the very earliest. And who knows beyond that, what's going to happen. So I'm curious for me. I, I think everybody is just as curious to see how guys like Bryant and Baez bounce back, but that's just the obvious. I think for me, I want to see is the offense. I mean, we, this is another obvious one. We go through it every year, but is the offense finally going to click because this team for the first time since really going into the 2015 season, or I guess going back to 2014, really, for the first time since 2014, the Cubs really are going into a season with, I won't say no expectations, but definitely lower expectations, maybe not as much pressure. Yes. So for whatever reason, maybe the offense finally clicks again, because if the offense clicks, if if by it uh if Bryant, Baez, we know Rizzo's as consistent as ever, but if the offense just hits like we know, we think that they're capable of doing. And then if the rotation can do it, hold its own, you know, but maybe it's a 91 ball club. I mean, they might end up being a 75 win team, but they have a lot of these same pieces. I know we've all been talking about, are they going to shake this up? So, you know, this could end up being a boomer bust team and a boomer bust mm-hmm. season, but I feel like a lot of these pieces are so capable of doing what we've been expecting and waiting on forever. And maybe yeah, they just it really, I was going to say, it really feels like with like a Bryant and these guys that you're like, they've had good numbers, but it's just like mm-hmm. they, when, when we thought about in the Cubs win the world series, yep. you're thinking the next five years, these guys are going to have just, if they're even moderately, what they have been are going to be just great. And you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I thought they were going to be like winning a hundred games every year. Mm-hmm. Bryant fighting bias for MVPs and all that stuff. It's, yeah. And there's just been, it just hasn't worked. And maybe that's our expectations. Yeah. And yeah. So maybe, maybe lesser expectations and I, the central is not the strongest division. So I, you know, I think they're anywhere between first and potentially mm-hmm. third. But uh, yeah, and of course, for me, also injuries. I always wonder, you know, if if a guy was, you know, on the IL sooner, maybe that would have mm-hmm. helped him sooner. Maybe the team. I don't know. It's it, that's always been something for me too. Is wondering why are we playing guys? Why is a guy like uh, you know, whether it's Brian or even a guy like Daniel Descalso? I mean, mm-hmm. Descalso wasn't great by any means, but we also found out in what was it 2019 he was playing mm-hmm. with a bad ankle all year so i mean i couldn't have helped him either so uh you know if they're i won't say i won't say because i don't know we're not in the room but and I, so i won't say that if they're smarter about x or but sometimes i think mm-hmm. like if they just do something a certain way maybe maybe the team will bounce back quicker or you know mm-hmm. it'll help the players but yeah so health and you know whether the offense mm-hmm. but yeah i know those are the obvious questions it's like every year we ask that question yeah, but I mean, with a Bryant too, it's just like his numbers. If you look at them, are very good numbers. But it's just he's really been a victim to his whole career of like the expectations. Like I mean, you yeah. start out rookie of the year, then you're right. MVP the next year, and even if you have like pretty good above average numbers, if you're not superstar, people are like, "Well, this guy sucks." Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, how often do you hear 
people on the internet go, Chris Bryant's worthless. I mean, yep. the guy never lived up. He's a bust. And you're like, but look at his numbers. And it's like, right. Look at his numbers. Yeah, there's been this this narrative since I want to say 2019 or so. I just remember there's been this narrative all of a sudden that I've seen floated about on Twitter where it's, oh, Chris Bryant is soft or whatever. And, you know, and that goes back to the injury thing. And it's like, well, I mean, I don't I mean, I don't think he's soft. I mean, I don't. And really, I know Twitter is not the greatest barometer of measuring, yes. uh, you know, any kind of what fans think and say, but it's just a website that we all go to to shout at basic, basically. But, um, you know, I, these, there's these narratives out there about Bryant and it's, we've seen what he can do. Obviously we want to see him be healthy and, you know, do what he did in 16 and 17. But for me, I, I, I swear I say this all the time and I don't know that there's any correlation, but I always go back to the, the, uh, ball to the head against the Rockies in 18. I know that mm-hmm. he's had the shoulder and other injuries, but you know, I just hope that he can stay healthy and we'll see if this, this team can, you know, maybe, maybe the Schwarber shakeup, not saying it was Schwarber at all, but maybe that was enough of a shakeup to where for some reason, Jock clicks in the lineup just kind of is able to reset and get back to what they used to do. Yep. You know, uh, interesting story. I was there when you got here. Oh, thank Nice. I, oh, that game. I remember that game. Yeah. I didn't know what happened. What? Because we were so far away, and it like, yeah, his sunglasses. He took his sunglasses, like, came flying off his head, and I'm thinking, I thought he got hit in the hand, right? And then they're like, oh my god, he got hit in the face, mm-hmm. and it was like, yeah, it was very frightening to be there in person. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's just obviously a 90 or 100 mile hour fastball or to the head is never good, no matter what. So, and you know, he's fortunate that the injury didn't cause any other issues or you know the, the beaning didn't cause any other issues obviously but and i don't know that that had any correlation whatsoever but for me it just seems like it's been bad luck since then in the injury department for him yeah but you know there's another thing you can always hope for this is salary drive for a lot of guys yeah so not that they wouldn't be motivated before but right right this is a big moment for guys like that to unless they sign into extensions mm-hmm. which i am all for Right. Do you think that they will end up doing that with Brian and Baez, or do you think it might be one or the other? Well, I'm thinking that like they're talking about they want to negotiate during the spring, right? Before the season. The one that you would think would be more likely would be Baez, just because he doesn't have Scott Boris for mm-hmm. an agent. But you know, I almost want to think that there's going to be some extension to mm-hmm. somebody, maybe even a Contreras. I don't know, mm-hmm. but I just feels like, cause they've been kind of surprising that they've been leaking out. They had a little bit more money to spend. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering about, and more salaries come up the books next year that you wonder if they'll try to get an extension, but I don't know. Yeah. I, I feel like the safest bet right now, and this is just kind of, to me, it's obvious that it'd be a guy like Rizzo just because, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, he's the unofficial captain. He is the captain of the team. Uh, he's the face of the team. I just, and also, I think, I don't know if this is exactly what you were thinking, but alongside the bias aspect of things, everybody mm-hmm. looks at the premier position, the shortstop. We know what he can do, especially defensively. Mm-hmm. And when he gets his bat back, 
that's just adds to his alert. But, uh, you know, for Rizzo, I know that first baseman aren't exactly the, the money position for, mm-hmm. you know, these days for teams. So for me, it seems obvious that the Cubs and him will come to some kind of agreement. Who knows? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think he mean no. I forget who I was talking to, but they said that, you know, Rizzo was the, the most valuable to a team like the Cubs mm-hmm. versus another team because yes. of what he's meant for that team. In the fan base and yeah, and everything, yes. Mm -hmm. It wouldn't be for another team, wouldn't be nearly as important. Yeah. I mean, if you think of importance, like shortstop's a big position, but catcher's a huge position. Mm -hmm. That if you could get Contreras, because you don't, you can't find a lot of catchers that are like that level of athletic ability and can hit. They're very hard to find. So maybe yeah. that would be the option. I don't know. Exactly. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe they surprise us like they did with Darvish and Caratini and some mm-hmm. kind of odd tray. I don't know. Let's not even go there, but you never know. Well, I mean, was it two years ago? When did they? I think it was two years ago where at, at the end of spring, they just dropped the uh, Hendricks extension. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Where yeah. It. You know, I think that was, I think that was on the off season. I, I, I feel like it was like January. I could be wrong. But I believe it was right before, like kind of right before the season started. But yeah, you know, mm-hmm. it could happen. You know, I just honestly, I don't know because I know we always talk about the Ricketts and being whether it's cheap mm-hmm. or whatever. So I would be surprised, honestly, if, it, if an extension mm-hmm. just happened. But who knows? I mean, that could certainly, it could certainly happen. Who the, who really knows? Yep. All right. Well, I guess that's pretty much all my Cubs questions. I'll let you, um, well, let's do a hockey question. Sure. Get, um, you obviously cover the Blue Jackets, big Blue Jackets fan. If anyone who doesn't know, uh, <laughs> you can tell people about your Blue Jacket writing. But um, it's coming down to the Blackhawks and Blue Jackets, maybe for this uh, final playoff spot. Yeah, it's it's been an interesting, awesome, fun season. I mean, it's, it hasn't always been interesting, and or it hasn't it hasn't always been awesome for me as far as the Blue Jackets go. Mm-hmm. But in general. Just like I was saying with baseball, it's just great to have hockey back. Uh, you know, I've been watching – I have NHL TV, so I'm watching all the, the games. I watch the Hawks games. I watch, you know, mm-hmm. all the games that I can for the most part. So I've been – I'm sure just like you, I'm assuming anyway, I'm sure you're super surprised with the Blackhawks start yes. and what they've been doing so far. I didn't see that coming, but they found – it seems like they found the goaltender. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know there was all the questions, so it's just it's just been interesting. But, yeah, Columbus is four back. They're, they've had their own inter- interesting season with the Pierre-Luc Dubois, mm-hmm. Patrick Laine, Laine saga and trying to find their offense, trying to... So, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. I, to me, I, I, don't know if it's, I don't know if it's a lock. I mean, it's, I know it's not a lock, but I feel like the Blackhawks, I, at least at this point, I know it's kind of early still, but I guess at this point, I would be kind of surprised if the Hawks didn't make the playoffs, but who knows? Wow. I know that there's still a ton of, they have Tampa Bay again tonight. I know they have a, mm-hmm. you know, a ton of, uh, yeah, they got a rough schedule a coming up. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, uh, it's going to be interesting, but, um, yeah, the Columbus, well, is, let, but, let me ask. Sure. I will ask you one Columbus question. Cause I am always curious, like, cause you're a fan of the team. Are you pro Tortorella? Anti Tortorella? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny. And, and, and this has been a popular story, I guess, lately. So I've always been pro torts just because I like 
I, I get what the the national outlook is on him, the, the the rough side of things, so to speak. But the question has definitely been more popular lately with the team kind of struggling. And I do think that it might be time for a change just because mm-hmm. I think things might be getting a little stale. If, if not that, it's it's this. When they got a guy like Torts, I kind of felt like we've always, everybody has always said he has a, a shelf life. And mm-hmm. I just think... He has gotten this team to the playoffs every single year, at least. Well, I don't think he got them there the first year, but they were already 0-8 when he, or 0-7 when he took over. But every year since then, they've been to the playoffs every year. So he's gotten them to that level. And before he got there, the team barely made the playoffs. So he got them to a certain point. I don't know that he's the right guy to get them past that first round, second round step. But I think also that the the knock on torts in Columbus, it's kind of split. You either love him or you hate him. Mm-hmm. And the ones that hate him or don't like him, it's more so just about the way he, his philosophy, because he's a defense guy. He's a two-way guy. So if a guy doesn't play defense or doesn't, you know, check or whatever, uh, that guy, unless you're a superstar, that his mm-hmm. minutes might get docked. So, the, the thing about Torts has been his utilization of lineups and certain players. Why does a guy like Nick Foligno and Boone Jenner lead the team in ice uh, in ice time? Mm-hmm. And then a guy like Dean Kukin, who was a younger guy on the, on the blue line, he get he makes a penalty or he makes a mistake and he hasn't seen the ice since. So it's kind of like, well, mm-hmm. you've got these young guys. We're trying to see what we've got. We're trying to see if they're going to mature and they have to be given chances to, to fail, basically chances to succeed to succeed so if they mm-hmm. make a mistake and you bench them that's not going to help them either Definitely so be good, yeah. it's 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 a fine line i like him because i've seen what he can do um but yeah i do think that it's probably hit i think he's gonna maybe he retired to the end of the season mm-hmm. um but uh i know that was kind of a long-winded answer mm-hmm. but um Short and short, I do like Torts. I know there's a knock on him on the national side of things, but I've seen what he can do, how he can kind of get teams motivated. Yep. I'm more in the negative side, but I see the case that you're making too. So sometimes you need a yeah, I, coach. Yeah, exactly. And you know, it's interesting. I'll tell you this story real fast. So on our Canning Cast podcast for SB Nation, we had the radio voice of the Blue Jackets, Bob McElliott on a couple weeks ago. And he was talking about a time. I'm trying to remember. They were, I think they were in Winnipeg. And I don't even remember specifically what the situation was. In fact, I think, I don't even think he remembered, but he was telling us that, you know, he was, they were on the plane, the Winnipeg, everything was fine. And then all of a sudden he blows up, towards blows up in front of the media and Bob was thinking, like, what is he talking about? Like, I didn't know there was even this issue. And then he realized what was going on. It, Whatever the issue was, Torts was just putting the attention on himself to get it off his players because this way nobody was going to ask him about what the ex-player do. It was just, just to get the, the focus off of his players and on to him. And so later one of the Winnipeg media guys says to Miguelia, he's like, oh, good luck with that. You, you have to interview him next. He's like, oh, please, this will be fine. And mm-hmm. sure enough, when he gets him to the side, he says, yeah, I don't know what you were doing, but I know what you were doing. Mm-hmm. And then they laugh and then they have their normal, you know, radio show. So, you know, it's like he, he knows how to manipulate the media to get the guys off his back. And this goes back to last year or not to, to get the team, to get the motive, the focus off mm-hmm. his team. And the, real fast, this goes back to the Blackhawks blue jackets game last year when the clock error happened and oh, yeah. uh, towards blew up a classic example there. And as Bob said, after towards blew up in, in front of the media, 
No one ever asked the obvious question of, well, why did you let your, or why did your team blow a three, one lead? Mm-hmm. Because that was the obvious. They lost the game, but everybody was focused on that error with the clock yeah. and everything else. And so it, whether or not I'm sure Torch was definitely pissed off in general, just like all the fans were about the clock error and all of, you know, Corpus Allo getting hurt, but mm-hmm. No one ever asked about, well, you still blew a 3-1 lead. It was all about the torts thing, getting it off his players. So mm-hmm. even though it looks like the bad guy in front of the media, he knows how to work the media to his advantage so that his guys are going to be left alone, essentially, and not ask those questions. Even though they might get the, the, the question at some point, uh, kind of takes that focus off. Yeah. Well, I guess now I'll let you um, plug yourself. You have the Cut to the Chase podcast, the... Mm-hmm. canon cast that you're just talking about but i'll let you yeah. uh everything on, that you you're doing now yeah so uh so i've been doing the canon cast for a little over two years now with sb nation and i started hosting and editing that last year so it's been great to talk with different we've had so many different guests from the radio tv side of things we've, we even had max domi on mm-hmm. uh before the season so we've had some different people there but yeah i've been doing my own podcast since last year and the focus of that has just been it's all interview format kind of like what you're doing so mm-hmm. i it all started for me actually before i even considered it a podcast i was just trying to talk with people in sports like the first one i did was jerry krasnick when he was covering baseball with espn mm-hmm. and uh you know last year i don't think it was even because of covid but for whatever reason i decided to get back into trying to interviewing people Mm -hmm. and it became a kind of a consistent thing and i'm still doing it so you know i was talking with a lot of the espn 1000 people in chicago and Mm -hmm. and then i got you know bleacher nation for instance uh and then i started talking with a lot of different people on twitter so and i'm gonna have you on sean here soon but you know i've been uh i've been able to crank out all these podcasts and lately it's just been trying to find the time because I like to do them when I can, but it's, it's kind of a tough balance, but yeah, so I've, I've done about 50 episodes now. Um, it's been great. So check them out, but, uh, yeah, it's been fun. Yep. And people can follow you, uh, on Twitter. What's your Twitter? I'm at what you chase on Twitter. So, um, you could find me there. All right. And thank you as always for coming on my podcast and Hopefully it'll be a good Cubs year and I will go on your podcast and that'll be interesting. And yeah, thanks for coming on. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for having me on. I'm always ready to come on whenever you need me. And I look forward to talking with you soon as well. I am on Twitter at STH85. You can email the podcast at holycowpod at gmail. Holycowpod at gmail. And yeah, I'm going to have more Cubs coverage. The spring training has started. I'm writing uh, recaps at Cubs Insider. So you can check those out. And yeah, we're getting into the season now. And we will have actual baseball that counts in a couple weeks. So let's go Cubs. <laughs>